So over at the seminary down the road a little bit, all the seminarians are now back. They've had a week of silent retreat. Fun and games are over. Now it's down to business. But I find that all I have to do is spend a day or two with them, and I can almost certainly tell how they spent their summer assignments without even asking them, because there is a noticeable difference. Now, a lot of them will go off and they'll work with youth in some way. Many of them help out with totus tuus, if you know what that is, programs hosted for grade school, high school kids. They'll help with that, or they work with sports camps. Those are wonderful ways for seminarians to kind of grow in their identity, and when they come back, you can tell they've had that experience. But there's another kind of change, and it's unmistakable, and you can spot it a mile away. It's when a man comes back, and he really isn't the same guy who left in the spring. There's a maturity about him. There's a depth that wasn't there before. You can just tell he's taking things a lot more seriously because he knows the stakes are much higher than is he going to get a good grade or not in his class. And almost certainly, I can tell you how that guy spent his summer. I may not know the exact details, but almost certainly he's done one of two things. One would be, and for many of them at the end of their second or third year, they serve in what's known as Uh, Clinical Pastoral Education, CPE, where they are inserted effectively as a full-time apprentice chaplain in a hospital. And these hospital assignments are chosen very carefully. We try to put them in a full class one trauma center, if at all possible. And through no choice or orchestration or planning of their own, every day when they walk in, they're encountering all the chaos, all the beauty, all the joy that can happen in a place like that. I'm sure many of you here are in the medical profession. You know what that looks like, or you've made your own visits, visits of people that you love. All kinds of things erupt in the midst of life. And these student chaplains are right there. There's no training wheels. They're just inserted. The other kind of assignment that will often lead to incredible growth in a few months are the ones who leave who leave the States and go off fully immersed in another culture. Lots of times, ostensibly, that's for language study, and they study languages, but it really is about being immersed in a totally different environment. And hopefully that's an environment that does look very different from what we're blessed to live in down the road or all of us here. What happens in those cases? What leads to an extraordinary change, if everything is worked out, and that heart, the guy, or his mind has been open to the presence of the Holy Spirit, what happens, I would say, is that they've looked into the heart of mystery. And that may sound a little melodramatic, but it's really what I mean. It's as if the curtain gets pulled back, the facade peels away from everyday life that most of us manage to sort of move in the midst of. And all of a sudden, they're looking into the face of mystery. Because everything that they've studied and everything that they've learned is of some help to him, but most of the time, their skill set melts away. And all you can really do is just sort of be in awe in the presence of the situation. Who am I? What is going on here? 
Where is God in the midst of it? Children suffering, families wrestling with struggles, poverty like they've never seen it before, as well as joy and gratitude like maybe they've never seen it before. Peering into the face of mystery where all you have is your own heart and your own mind and your own willingness to stay if you don't run away. I'm mentioning all of this because our readings tonight and our hymns, they're inviting us to embrace humility, right? Don't sit in the front, go take the back seat. Usually in Catholic churches we don't have that problem, right? So we're all incredibly humble. Humility again and again is at the heart of the Christian spiritual journey. Right? We know that. We use that language. We hear Jesus use it all the time. But of course, you can't just decide to be humble. In fact, if you heard the parable of the gospel and you took it out of context, it would actually sound fairly crass. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, yeah, you know, pretend to be humble, go sit in back, and then you'll get your reward properly recognized and they'll tell you to come up forward. But that, of course, isn't the point of what he's saying. Humility can't be simply adopted by choosing that that's what you're going to do. And in that first reading, not from the New Testament, not from the world that's been transformed by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, what you get is what we often say, even though we are Christians. What the author there says in Sirach, he says, don't, don't try for things that are too high for you. Don't go messing around in things that are above you. Don't pose questions where there is something too deep for you to fathom. And a lot of times I think we either use that language or we act as if we believe it. Don't go overreaching your bounds. But that's not what Christianity says. That's not what we send those guys off to do on their summer assignments. Wherever the mystery is, wherever the reach seems to be beyond your grasp, Wherever, wherever the depth of emotion or feeling or fear seems to be beyond what you can manage, that's where to go. We can't choose to be humble, but we can choose to walk into the face of that kind of mystery. Or we can help the people we love to go there if they're too afraid to go on their own. And lots of times we are too afraid. What I can say to the seminarians is you've got to go, you have no choice. But most of the time, we encourage the people in our lives whom we love to walk into those places. And every one of us in this room tonight has something. It's not like taking a change in your career path normally or picking up and moving to another place. But every one of us has something in our lives on this very beautiful summer evening that is for us the embodiment of that mystery. There's that relationship that needs to be delved into a little bit more deeply. There's that thing that's kind of on our mind, maybe we've pushed it to the back, a decision about our future, the future of someone we love, and we just as soon not go there because it's frightening, or it just seems like it might be full of embarrassment or shame, or we just don't know what to say. What in the world do I have to offer? And our faith, in Jesus' own words, our go there, that's where you need to go. Because it's only in inserting yourself into those kinds of situations where humility is there, whether you like it or not, that you begin to have a heart and a mind that's open enough to receive.
The closed mind, the closed heart is the one who never crosses the threshold. And so just a little spiritual exercise as an invitation for each one of us. Wherever that doorway into mystery is for you tonight, it doesn't have to be dramatic. Maybe nobody else knows it's there except you, because a lot of times we do a good job of hiding that and suppressing it. But wherever that doorway is for you, maybe in this very liturgy, pray for the courage to walk into it. And I promise you that just like the seminarians down the road, if you cross over that threshold, everyone will notice that something has changed. And almost always it's a change for the better.